0: Well, Penn State's got to say goodbye to another star player.
1: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Zach Sako. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Parker Washington is headed to the NFL. He announced that he is declaring for the NFL draft. So yes, Penn State is losing another star player that could have been a serious contributor to next season, especially with the offense and Drew Aller taking over. Uh, This is a big deal. I'm going to talk about why that is the case and what Parker Washington uh, is leaving behind at Penn State. An impressive career, even though it was a little shorter, just the three years at Penn State. We're also going to talk about the impact of this move by Parker Washington and see where the wide receivers stand. You know, Now you have the news in the transfer portal, who Penn State is targeting, who they could potentially bring in, uh, as well as who is still on the roster, who could contribute more now, that we know Parker Washington is officially not going to be with the team in 2023. And then we cross it over to finish up this episode in the final segment. I join Nate Dickinson of locked on big 10. And we talk about Penn state men's basketball and that very impressive road win. And how about that road win by Penn state 74 to 59 over the fighting Illini. You'll get both of our thoughts uh, on the contest and where Penn state stands now, seven and three overall And one and one in the Big Ten after a surprising loss to Michigan State. But somehow they beat Illinois, who just came off a win against number two Texas on the road. So uh, we'll recap that one for you to finish up this episode. But Parker Washington leaving for the NFL. Uh, He declared for the NFL draft officially on Friday, put it out on his social media and Parker Washington, what when we didn't know at the time, his last game was against Maryland. Uh, and we're, we're not sure what kept him out of the season, right? Uh, just kind of mysteriously news broke on the internet that Parker Washington wasn't going to be playing anymore. Uh, and we don't know what happened. James Franklin just said, hey, Parker Washington's out for the season. Never really specified if it was an injury or if it was something personal, uh, but I think, I think most of us assume it was injury-related. We just don't know what it was or the severity of it. I mean, it was something severe enough to keep him out for all of the games, and he's going to miss the Rose Bowl as well. I think with the NFL draft looming, I don't know that he would have played in it anyway if he was fully healthy. We saw Joey Porter Jr. opt out of it, even though he could have played. Uh, but now Penn State will be losing two starting wide receivers. You have Mitchell Tinsley, who's not going to be back next year because – He's graduating, he doesn't have any more eligibility, and now Parker Washington, who's foregoing that eligibility and going into the NFL draft. That's your two top-wide receivers, and Mitchell Tinsley had 45 receptions for 528 yards and four touchdowns through those 12 games, and now he's playing slot receiver with Parker Washington not available. We've seen that Penn State's gone a little more 12 personnel where they have two receivers on the field. Typically, it's been Keandre Lambert-Smith, and Mitchell Tinsley or a Trey Wallace and Mitchell Tinsley, since Tinsley has slid over into the middle of the field. And I think Penn State's felt that impact of Parker Washington. What Parker Washington's able to do is, along with the tight ends, but mostly this is what Parker Washington was so good at with Penn State, he forced you on the defensive side of things to draw attention into the middle of the field. And I've explained this in other episodes. Parker Washington allowed Penn State to use sideline to sideline the entire horizontal aspect of the field by him being in the slot. And that was noticeable when he was not on the field. Washington was a true junior. Uh, For those who remember, he got significant playing time in 2020 as a true freshman. Uh, He broke onto the scene and had a career six high touchdown catches uh, as a freshman in 2020. So we knew that there was promise to him. But despite missing two games, uh, Washington was Penn State's leading receiver, even though I could argue that he wasn't necessarily the number one uh, with 46 catches, 611 yards, and the two touchdowns that he had before uh, just not playing again after the game against Maryland. He didn't exit the game against Maryland. Uh, We don't exactly know what happened that ended his regular season, but I liked what Parker Washington did this season. I think his most memorable game game was the one against Ohio State. He caught that slant, spun out of two tacklers, and took it the distance. Uh, He was an impact player, but he was never going to be that true number one. And part of that has to do with scheme, right? So in Penn State's offense, and this is something that I want to explain over and over again, is that even though Parker Washington, in terms of talent, might have been the best receiver on the team, he wasn't always he wasn't going to be the focal point because that's not what the slot receiver is. It's kind of similar to a KJ Hamler when he played slot at Penn State. Even though he might have been the best talented wide receiver, he wasn't necessarily the number one guy. That's what Mitchell Tinsley was brought in for because Jahan Dotson's wide receiver position is so unique. It's so different. That X wide receiver. They are required to know a completely different playbook, a completely different skill set uh, in order to play that because they have option routes with the quarterback, meaning that you have two routes, you got to pick one, and your quarterback's going to be on the same page. It's not that Parker Washington couldn't have done that, it's just that that's a completely different position and it's on its own. So that's why Penn State went to the transfer portal when Jahan Dotson didn't return. Uh, so Parker Washington is going to finish his career with 139 catches, 1,822 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And I thought this was an interesting fact. He had one reception in all 31 games that he played. He caught a pass in every single collegiate game that he played. That is very impressive and shows what kind of receiver Parker Washington is. Sure, we saw the big plays from him but he's just a possession receiver. And for me, I define a possession receiver as someone you can turn to when you need a surefire catch. If you put it anywhere in the zip code for Parker Washington, he'd go up and grab it. Even though he isn't the biggest wide receiver, I I thought his best attribute it's his hands. It's the way he has sticky hands. He can catch just about anything that's thrown to him. and And he put that on display. Uh, So I imagine with missing the rest of the regular season, he talked to NFL scouts and they told him that his draft stock wasn't going to be as affected as he maybe he anticipated, because I know it was on the table whether he was going to come back or not. You know, Penn State wanted him back. But uh, since his NFL draft status doesn't seem to be uh, affected by this, he's he's going to move on here. So my expectations for Parker Washington now moving forward, uh, some draft analysts had him as high as a late first round pick. And you know, there are some needy receiver teams out there, receiver needy teams out there. So I can totally see that happening, but He didn't play that full 12 games, and and he wasn't going to play in the bowl game. So I find this decision a little premature. It kind of reminds me of Chris Godwin's decision when he had his breakout year and then decided to go to the NFL, was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and look at the career he's had. But imagine if he came back, he wouldn't have been a third-round pick. He would have easily been a first-round pick, and I think that's what Parker Washington's passing up because let's look at Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson was going to be that third round pick that fourth round pick had he gone a year early, but instead he came back became a true number one wide receiver put all the highlight film together and then he ended up becoming a mid first round pick by the Washington Commanders and look at that you turned it into a bigger payday with NIL, you know, Chris Godwin's decision made a little more sense, you know, you know, the potential that you have now you have the opportunity to make money in the NFL. Uh, and, and I see why moving on made sense, but for Parker Washington, I'm not saying if that's, that's his dream. He wants to go to the NFL, totally get it. But with NIL and the chance to improve your draft status, uh, one year from now where Parker would have been rather than a fringe. Okay. Maybe he's a first, maybe he's a second, maybe he's a third then boom. No, we know he's a first round pick and this is what's going to happen. And that's what Jahan Dotson did. So living out his dream. He's talking to all the right people. So they told him something that probably backed up his decision. I just think for me personally, this is an early decision, just given the way that Parker Washington, uh, his his junior year ended, unfortunately. Uh, So I think he'll be selected in the third round, maybe even the fourth. And it's not because he's not talented. Um, he currently ranks in about the mid-teens and of uh, big draft boards. Right, the draft big boards were Mel Kiper Jr., or Todd McShay, or uh, any any website, CBS, Yahoo, all of them. They'll rank all the positions in the wide receivers. And I've seen I've seen Parker Washington be about 12th. I've also seen him be close to 17, 18. So uh, it depends how he would do. Uh, at a combine or any pro day workouts if he can impress some scouts in attendance if he is recovering from an injury and can't participate fully in some of those uh, events that's going to hurt his draft stock and there's a lot of good receivers in this class Uh, jackson smith and Jigba's in there jalen hyatt from tennessee who had a breakout season and jordan addison the receiver who transferred from pitt to usc uh, Parker Washington is also a true slot receiver, so he's not limited. You need that in the NFL, but he's not. You you can't just plug him and play him everywhere. If he adds that to his skill set, if he's able to become a boundary wide receiver, that makes him uh, a lot more valuable to NFL teams. But this given day in the NFL, you know, you need slot receivers. All all I'm just saying is that. If you are boxed into one specific type of receiver rather than you can line up anywhere across the formation, that will sway some decisions for the NFL. So Parker Washington is moving on. This is a big deal, and I'm going to tell you why it's a big deal next. Penn State's already losing two starting wide receivers. What that means for the Nittany Lions going into 2023. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today... Check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go be on the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Same with locked on Nittany lines. Of course, thank you so much for subscribing to the YouTube channel since we got it up and running fully. If you haven't already, please subscribe hit the notification bell so that you get notified anytime a new video a new post is up online and we're so close to 500 subscribers. I really appreciate the support, all the comments, all the likes, uh, sharing with friends and family. Help us get to 500 subscribers for the Locked on Nittany Lines YouTube channel before the Rose Bowl. Uh, still a little bit ways, but we're so close. I appreciate all the support. So close to 500. Let's get there before the Rose Bowl on January 2nd, 2023. Parker Washington's going to the NFL. We now know that Mitchell Tinsley uh, will try his hand at the NFL, but I uh, don't know where he will get drafted, uh, but he'll definitely get picked up by an NFL team to start in the offseason. But Penn State, bottom line, is lo- they're, they are losing two starting wide receivers. You're losing uh, more than two-thirds of the work. I think about three-fourths. You're losing, if we do some math, 91 receptions between the two of them. Uh, even though Parker Washington didn't play in all 12 games, Mitchell Tinsley did. Uh, really, in in reality, Parker Washington leaving is much a much bigger deal because you are losing not only the talent that Parker Washington provided, you are vacating a slot position that really doesn't have uh, you know, that next man up. It's like, okay, we're looking to the next guy because we're going to go through that. Um, but there are a few options, not necessarily a surefire one. You're also losing that veteran presence in the locker room. Parker Washington was essentially a three-year starter, and you're going to be losing that in a wide receiver room that does return Keandre Lambert Smith. But now you're losing two very good, uh, very good veteran presences in Tinsley and Washington. Uh, I expected a little more from Parker Washington this season because he was really a co number one wide receiver with Mitchell Tinsley. I mean, you look at that 46 catches to 45 catches. That's pretty close in terms of productivity, Um, but he's a crafty veteran. You want that kind of presence in the locker room for next season, especially with a young starting quarterback. That is the first Drew Aller is going to have his first starting experience next year. uh, And the wide receivers in the locker room, are also very young. And then what are they going to do in the transfer portal? Well, there are some new offers out there and it's a wide receiver room that's going to look completely different Given that you're going to have some more outsiders coming in. And they actually, Penn State actually offered some more players very recently. So you know that they want a wide receiver. One of them is Devontae Walker from Kent State. So now they're going back to Kent State for another wide receiver. Dante Sivas was the first, Devontae Walker is the second. They offered him on Friday. He's six foot three, 175 pounds. 58 receptions, 921 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2022. And he was first team all Mac. This is definitely, he's, he's going to have a lot of offers. Let's see if Penn state is in his final bunch. Trey Harris from Louisiana tech. This is another new name, 65 receptions, 935 receiving yards, and 10 receiving touchdowns. He was first-team All-Conference USA. He is 6'3", 190 pounds. So Penn State's going after some taller wide receivers, some guys with a little more size. Ra rah Thomas is also on Penn State's radar. He is from Mississippi State. Uh, 44 receptions, 626 yards, 7 touchdowns, 6'2", 200 pounds. This is an SEC guy. Uh, He's definitely, I I think I saw a crystal ball projection that he was going to possibly go to uh, Ole Miss or Tennessee. So he looks like he's jumping around the SEC, but... Uh, Penn State uh, is looking to add one of these guys, uh, maybe even both of them. And they've already offered other guys. Dante Cephas, as mentioned, from Kent State. Jimmy Horn, Jr. from South Florida. Dante Thornton from Oregon was a former commit. There's not necessarily an official offer to out to him as of right now, but he's in the transfer portal, uh, and he's somebody that they could offer when all said and done. And Dorian Singer from Arizona, who had a big year, big year this past season. Uh, in terms of who does Penn State have available, because it they're not a lot to get all of these guys in house. Who is that next guy that could step up at the Y slot receiver position that Parker Washington is vacating? Uh, the next man truly is Liam Clifford. And I, for some people, that probably comes as a surprise. Yes, that is Sean Clifford's little brother. He's a former four star recruit at a high school. He's currently a redshirt freshman, six foot one, 200 pounds. So he's got some size to him appeared in 11 games this season. We saw him in and out of the lineup on the field, did make eight receptions uh, for 89 yards and he's good blocking wide receiver. He's not afraid to make all the physical plays when he's not being targeted in the passing game. And this is an interesting fact about Liam. Like he is historical in the state of Ohio. He set almost every single receiving record there was at St. Xavier, Xavier, his high school out in the state of Ohio. So Liam Clifford uh, is a hard worker. You saw him get onto the field in his second year with the Penn State program and is somebody that could take the leap and Penn State doesn't necessarily get that uh, slot receiver out of the transfer portal. They might add guys for the X and the Z, but he would be that that starter in the slot position next season. At least it's projected. Uh, Who else could compete for that spot? Because I think it's going to be a close race. It's not just going to be Liam Clifford's job. Uh, Jaden Dotton is someone that has been not necessarily forgotten, but has flown under the radar. Uh, Believe it or not, he actually started against the Ohio Bobcats, made his first career reception in that game, and then really was never heard from again. Uh, Throughout the offseason, I heard good rave reviews about Jaden Dotton's progress, but... Not really sure what happened in the middle of the season. He's currently a redshirt freshman, six foot two, two hundred pounds. I like that he's a bigger slot receiver, so he can box guys out. Uh, he's going to be tough to cover for for safeties who have to cover him over the middle, and then matches up well with linebackers because he has that speed, but also that size to go along with that. And then there's Caden Saunders. Uh, who is progressing well from what I've heard uh, from people that go to practice frequently and people in the media and then people that are close to Penn state football registered this season. Uh, he did appear in a couple of games, but he's a former top 10 wide receiver from the class of 2022. If you can remember rated a 97 out of 100 by 24, seven sports and a four star wide receiver at that he is smaller. He's five foot 10, 175 pounds a- as a quick comparison KJ Hamler KJ Hamler was that speedy, really good route runner and lacked a little bit of size, but he made up with it, uh, with other attributes of his game. And that's what Caden Saunders reminds me of any highlight tape that I've seen of him. He is just an effective route runner. He's very good at his craft. And that's what you have to do when you're not the biggest receiver out there on the field. You can't just bully your way to on open routes. You got to be quick with your feet. And that's exactly what Caden Saunders is. He's speedy and he's dynamic and agile. Uh, now what happens if Penn state truly does not get one of those wide receiver targets out of the transfer portal? Because, uh, they said, let's just take last season. For example, they were looking for linebackers, but they didn't find a guy that they felt really necessarily fit the program. And so they elected to go with the group that they had. So what happens if they do all the scouting, they have all these, uh, interviews and player visits and everything. And they decide, you know what? We don't know if we want to take on one of these wide receivers from the transfer portal or they get snubbed and the wide receivers don't decide to come to Penn state. Uh, Those are the guys that you are going to have to expect to step up at least in Parker Washington's absence. But how does this change the offense? This is going to change it in, in a myriad of ways offensive coordinator, Mike Yersuch is going to have to adapt his system. And we know what Penn state has in the three tight ends, Brenton strange, Tyler Warren, Theo Johnson, They're all capable blockers. They're all capable wide receivers. So if you don't have three receivers that that's what Penn State wants to do, they want to have three receivers on the football field most of the time. But if you don't have the personnel to do that, you're not going to do it. And what personnel do they have? The tight ends, you're going to see more 12 personnel like you've seen as of late. You're going to see those pistol backfields with Theo Johnson or Brenton Strange or Tyler Warren to the hips of the quarterback and then the running back behind them. You're going to see them up on the line of scrimmage. Just more playing time. You might even see more three tight end sets because that's what you have. That's the personnel. That benefits the running game because they're good extra additional blockers in addition to what Penn State's going to have on the offensive line. Like the the running game, will become an even better focal point. You have Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen who are going to get so much better in the offseason, capitalize on the freshman campaigns that they put together. Honestly, I, I don't know how far ahead I want to go and say it, but Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen should be considered for some national awards going into next year. Just what, even if Penn State is able to bring in some wide receiver targets for Drew Aller and everything, it's 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 not going to be all about the passing attack. They're going to be a run first team because you have Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, and from what it sounds like, Keevon Lee is going to stick around. So you have a three-man backfield, all of who are very capable of starting and handling a hefty workload. Now you have the benefit of rotating the three. And then they're all rested and ready to go at a moment's notice. So you're not going to get a drop off because some guys fatigue and now there's depth. So if one of them were happen to get hurt, uh, you have that depth there to be able to overcome it. Like, as you saw, Yvonne Lee wasn't available for the remainder of the season and Singleton and Allen had no issues whatsoever. So. The Parker Washington leaving does have a serious impact because you don't have that veteran for Drew Aller. You got to go get an outside guy who's got to fit into the program. You got to go find the right guy. And and it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve like it was with Mitchell Tinsley. He didn't come in right away and make an instant impact, even though he was helpful. He wasn't everything you necessarily needed him to be. And now you got to do that for a first year starting quarterback for Drew Aller to find that guy. Or you got to be hopeful that one of the guys in the program now makes a huge leap forward with two starters moving on. But I just expect Penn State to focus more on the resources it does have go 12 personnel, do three tight end packages, focus on the run game because you have a lot of good players in the backfield and a lot of good tight ends to help out with the offensive line to pave the way for that backfield and is locked on Nittany lions. My name is Zach Saken. When we return, we're doing a crossover with Nate Dickinson of locked on big 10 to recap Penn state men's basketball's win over Illinois this past weekend. Today's episode is sponsored by simply safe at locked on Nittany lions. We believe your home should be where you and your family feel safest. Especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering locked on Nittany Lions listeners and viewers 40% off a new security system. Do not put this off. Here's why we love it what we love most about Simply Safe is the advanced technology, whether it's controlling your system from the smartphone app. Viewing your crystal clear HD security camera feeds or the wide range of high tech sensors. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for the inside and outside, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, or threats to your home. 24 7 professional monitoring service costs under $1 a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. Don't miss your chance to save big on our favorite security system. Get 40% off your new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
1: Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day. Zach Seiko from Locked On Nittany Lions is joining us to go over the biggest signature win of the season so far for that veteran team. Beat up on Illinois pretty bad over the weekend. A 15-point W. Zach, we talked about how this team had experience, how we were expecting it to maybe overplay the expectations. And we got the first real taste of that against this win over the Illini. How did it happen?
0: It happened with, uh, I mean, Penn State shot 50% of the field. So that definitely helps uh, both uh, from just every shot they took and also from three-point range. You had Miles Dredd in other games where he couldn't make a shot. And instead, he makes multiple three-pointers shooting nine attempts and was basically, he and Andrew Funk went on a heat streak, basically. Uh, So Miles Dredd was five for nine. And Andrew Funk was six for nine. So when you have those two guys combining for uh, 11 three-pointers there, it's pretty much, I I don't want to say impossible to beat Penn State, but shooting 50% from the field helps you. had Jalen Pickett, who contributed 20 points as well. Uh, And also important to note, they didn't play any big guys whatsoever. They, They played... All all of their guys were six foot six and shorter. Uh, They really were content with playing small ball. And I think that's how it happened, if I'm being honest, is that they were able to use the speed to outmatch the size of Illinois. And that was something I brought up in some of my Locked on Nittany Lions episodes was how were they going to adjust when they were absolutely Outsized on the front court, and they went even smaller. They didn't even bring in guys like Kevajai or Caleb Dorsey, who are a little bigger. Kevajai is about six foot ten, could grow into six eleven, and then Caleb Dorsey's a little on the shorter side for a big man at six seven, six eight. So they didn't even play, and you saw Penn State probably play its best game to the point this season. So clutch shooting, hot shooting, uh, but also at the same time the speed that they were able to just beat Illinois up and down the floor. Illinois ran full court press, and I thought Penn State handled it very well.
1: That's something that you think is sustainable. Can Penn State just run past teams that are it's bigger than?
0: Uh, they're going to have to. It's the kind of the same thing. They're just going to have to get hot. You know, um, it, it's not sustainable because we've seen them when they have poor shooting performances, they lose and they lose bad. Uh, the Michigan State game, for example, they went scoreless in the last five minutes of the game that that's unacceptable, but somehow they beat an Illinois team by double digits. And I said before the spread even came out, I said, Illinois is easily a 10 point favorite in this game. I thought that Penn state would keep it close ish because this felt the kind of bounce back game that they needed. It's so weird. Penn state in general, when it comes to football or basketball, they just love being the road underdogs for some odd reason. They just really do well. When they are like double digit or just handed underdogs and they go out there and perform very well. So that was even back to Pat Chambers uh, that crosses over to even James Franklin in football. Uh, and now here with Micah Shrewsbury, they, they just get up for these kinds of games where they're really not expected to do anything. But when they're the favorite, uh, they disappoint at home. No problem.
1: Well, that's the Big Ten for you, and there's plenty of yeah. tough competition coming for Penn State in the Big Ten. But we talked a lot about how some of these teams in the conference have had some really, really tough competition in the non-conference schedule and how that can be strategic. Uh, Penn State went kind of the other way around. They've gotten some really nice warm-up games in here in the non-conference schedule, but not gone too tough on themselves. Is that strategic, too?
0: I thought the non-conference schedule was pretty balanced. Uh, you're, I think you're right to say that it wasn't overtly tough because they did play teams like Winthrop, uh, Loyola. But at the same time, they also scheduled Butler. Uh, they happened to play a Virginia Tech team and Furman in the Charleston Classic. And both of those teams... Were They're very good. They're very highly regarded in Ken Palm rankings. I encourage a lot of people to go check that out. That's kind of where I get all of my college basketball understanding is checking Ken Palm almost every single day to see where everyone stands. Uh, and those teams are in the upper echelon at the least. A Furman's a very good mid-major team that's been around the 60s. Uh, for Ken Palm rankings, but they they also played a good Clemson team, and that was a road game. Uh, we've seen Clemson's almost uh, up to double-digit wins at this point in the season with only just a couple of losses. So uh, Penn State's schedule was definitely not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think they challenged themselves because they were playing teams that also went against their style. Like a Virginia Tech team is easily a tournament team, and that's a team that could honestly win the ACC. Yeah, I know there's Duke. I get that. But they could at least challenge for the ACC this season. Uh, and when you play a team like that, I know that happened to be just the way the schedule was, the way the tournament broke for the Charleston Classic. But um, they they were in there with Virginia Tech and only lost by a few. So uh, that tells me that Penn State uh, is good, but they're definitely streaky. Mm.
1: Well, then how do you straighten that out? How do you get some consistency as you get ready for the Big Ten schedule?
0: That's just the identity this year for this Penn State team. Um, There's really not much you can do. The only thing that I'm looking for and something that I brought up in other Locked on Nittany Lion episodes are uh, getting Kevajai to mature as much as possible. He's the true freshman. He's been the freshman other than Evan Mahaffey, who's been seeing a lot of minutes, at least for a freshman. Uh, he's been the one that they've turned to a bit. Now, he didn't play much against Illinois, only had two minutes. And that's a, he didn't he didn't play. He checked in a couple of times. But uh Kevajai has seen sometimes 20 minutes in games and he's got all the potential in the world. However, he's still young. He's still inexperienced and they have high hopes for him. But I think the key if Penn State wants to be able that team that team that can adapt on the fly they need him and another taller prospect than Demetrius Lilly, who actually saw his first action uh, in, in the Big Ten play against Illinois. He only got hit him for a minute, but he saw some action. If those two can somehow mature by March, then Penn State has an extra element, an element that teams might not be ready for, opponents might not be ready for. So then they're thinking, oh, well, they, can, they, they can't they can size up with us. They're only going to play fast. They're going to play fast. We'll just slow them down. And then they turn to those guys who were six foot ten. It's about I know that's a lot to ask. And I've said that I've acknowledged that it's too much to ask those freshmen. But if Micah Shrewsbury can prepare them, then Penn State can take that extra step. If not, you're just kind of waiting around. Maybe they can surprise sneak in the tournament. But this isn't like a a a totally over dominant team unless they can keep shooting 50% every single night. But that's, uh, like you said, not really sustainable.
1: So what is the goal? You mentioned the tournament there, right there on the back end, uh, going 500 in Big Ten play when we get to there, making the NCAA tournament. uh, Where are the expectations at compared to when we talked at the start of the season? Has anything changed?
0: I think it's still bubble team. I really do. And that's what, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from the fan perspective, just kind of looking at the social media comments, the message boards, and people were up in arms about losing to Michigan state at home. You know, these are the games we're supposed to win. We're just the same old Penn state. You know, we, we were led to believe that this was a bubble team and yeah, (laughs) but so much can change in a few days, right? Nate, I mean, for them to lose that one at home to a banged up Michigan state team, then somehow go on the road, to Illinois and beat a team that just beat number 2 Texas in overtime. I it's just college athletics in general because you see that happen in football too right? It's not just college men's basketball, but it's crazy to think how that works. You're a five point favorite, essentially at home against a hobbled Michigan state team. You lose outright, then you're almost a double digit underdog going on the road. No one's really giving you a chance and you win by double digits on the road against a much better Illinois team. Like Illinois should contend for the big 10, not necessarily Michigan state, unless they get healthy at the right time. So I, I just think that, uh, with the expectations they were, they were brought back, or at least people just kind of sold out of them saying like, Oh, this is just your, you know, your wishy-washy Penn state team. And that's just not the case. They're going to go on cold streaks, but when they're on, when they're hot, they're on fire. And I think they can beat anybody in the big 10, but at the same time they really have to heat up because they they're, they're streaky, they're ice cold or they're red hot. There's really, (laughs) there's really no in between to be honest with you.
1: Zach Seiko told us that the Nittany Lions are going to be feisty when we talked to him at the beginning of the season. They've made some noise in the Big Ten already, getting a big win over Illinois. And, of course, whenever they do anything else, we'll have Zach back on to talk to us about it here on Locked On Big Ten. One more before we let you go, Zach. Bowl game thoughts. We'll have you in to talk more about it, of course, later on. But just first impressions as you guys get ready for the bowl game.
0: Yeah, the Rose Bowl is exciting. I mean, this was something that I was fortunate enough to kind of put the puzzle pieces together and, and create a whole episode around the speculation of it because personally, I had them in the Orange Bowl. I thought that with the way the conferences were set up for the bowl games that they would get selected there since they haven't been there since 2005. Um, and they, the rumors about the Rose Bowl started opening up and you start putting things together, putting the clues together. And then Ohio State came outright and said, Rose Bowl. If we don't make the college playoff, do not invite us. And Penns, you know, they said invite Penn State, take Penn State instead, and that was legitimate, and that was the case. So you were already kind of leaning in that Ohio State was going to get selected by the college football playoff committee, and they did. And then who's the next best team? Because Michigan can't be picked. It's going to be Penn State. So uh, that's how that happened. So this is this is huge, uh, since that the traditional Rose Bowl, traditional Rose Bowl is going away with the college football playoff. Ah, uh, they get to face a team for the first time in, in school history for both of them. Penn State and Utah have never played each other in football, so all around it's going to be an exciting game. It's the final game before the national championship, so I like that as well. Uh, and both of these teams, at least for the time being, match up pretty well. Uh, Penn State will—we saw that Parker Washington declared for the draft, but he's not necessarily—he was necessarily going to play in that game either. Uh, but Penn State, I think, uh, does have. If they can figure out how to maneuver the secondary, because that's where Utah's a little weak, uh, they can get some yards against them. But Utah does force the turnover uh, on defense. I think there's going to be some points, but not necessarily a shootout like the Rose Bowl was last year between Ohio State and Utah.
1: More leading up to that bowl game, more on everything that Penn State's going to be doing. You can hear it all with Zach on Locked On Nittany Lions every single day of the week, just like we do it over here on Locked On Big Ten. Zach, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes to talk that big upset win over Illinois over the weekend. We'll have you back on here again soon.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Nate, always. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.